So when I was in college, I was one of the worship leaders uh, for a band called the Barefoot Travelers. It was a lot of fun. We, uh, we got to play through, get together through all of college, and it was a group of eight college students. Uh, many of us had been worship leaders in our own churches while we were in high school, and when we got together in college, we, we got to lead worship together, and we went through a lot of experiences together. We got to write a lot of music together. We recorded two albums together. We, um, we got to open up for this guy named Mitch McVicker, who is a very popular worship leader in the Midwest. We opened up for a band also named Among the Thirsty. They had a big hit around that time, and our church hosted them one night for a concert. And I think the coolest part of our time that we uh, played together was uh, that weekend that we hosted Among the Thirsty, Caleb was playing a, a, a radio announcement, inviting people to come to this concert and buy their tickets. And for like two seconds, it mentioned the Barefoot Travelers, and it played a small clip of our uh, uh, music that we had recorded. And I, I was convinced that we were going to become famous after that, but that didn't happen. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. For three years, this uh, fr uh, group of friends just got together every Sunday and played worship. We got to travel to different churches in Oklahoma and lead worship there and at conferences and at different events, and it was a lot of fun. I absolutely loved that experience. But perhaps one of my favorite experiences was in 2010. It was one of the last things we did together as a team, as a group. Uh, we signed a record deal with a, a, a label, a local label there in Oklahoma City, and we got to record an album with them. And uh, as we were writing music for this album, I had this crazy idea. I don't know why I had this idea, but I had this crazy idea that I was going to write the perfect Christian song. It was going to be the epitome of Christian songs. And every worship song afterwards would be based off of that one song that I wrote. And I was so excited for it. Before I tell you any more about it, I want you to take a listen to this song. Let me play a little clip. So the music's kind of fun, right? I mean, like, it's, it's, it was when you use synths in worship, and uh, we had the wah-wah pedal, and uh, it was supposed to be very uplifting music, but I don't know if you caught the lyrics. Let me read the lyrics to you. Waves of sorrow flow my way. Mountains of despair seem high without end. When all seems lost and hope is gone, I'm surrounded in raindrops of love. The music doesn't necessarily match the lyrics, does it? It's sad lyrics with happy music. See, I had this crazy idea that if we could write a song that had sad lyrics but happy music, we would change the way uh, Christian music was seen because, see, I had experienced a lot of sadness up until that point, and, and my thought was that if we wrote sad lyrics, we could connect with people's feelings, with people's emotions, with uh, the way people were genuinely feeling, and I thought that if the, the music was good enough and happy enough, people would listen to the lyrics, connect to it, and then the happy music would make them happy. I thought that maybe through a song we could get people to move from sadness to joy. I promise you that didn't happen. And I think that was probably the least popular song of that album after we released it. You see what I realized as we uh, started playing that song in different churches and, and, and started sharing that song with friends and family, I realized that sometimes we just need to be sad. 
I realize that sometimes uh, it's my natural tendency to try to cheer somebody up right away, right? When somebody is sad and they have something going on in their lives, it's, it's my natural uh, tendency to say, well, well, at least there's this or at least there's that or, or uh, you know, right? There's, I try to see the positive in every situation, but sometimes we just need to be sad. Sometimes we just need to sit in our sadness and our grief and our sorrow. Sometimes we just need to be sad. I think that's probably why I have um, become so fond of Psalm 88. Let me read this to you. O Lord, God of my salvation, when at night I cry out in your presence, let my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my cry. For my soul is full of troubles, and my life draws near to Sheol. I am counted among those who go down to the pit. I am like those who have no help like those forsaken among the dead, like the slain that lie in the grave, like those whom you remember no more, for they are cut off from your hand. You have put me in the depths of the pit, in the regions dark and deep. Your wrath lies heavy upon me, and you overwhelm me with all your waves. You have caused my companions to shun me. You have made a thing of horror to them. I am shut in so that I cannot escape. My eye grows dim through sorrow. Every day I call on you, O Lord. I spread out my hands to you. Do you work wonders for the dead? Do the shades rise up to praise you? Is your steadfast love declared in the grave or your faithfulness in Abaddon? Are your wonders known in the darkness or your saving help in the land of forgetfulness? But I, O Lord, cry out to you. In the morning, my prayer comes before you. O oh Lord, why do you cast me off? Why do you hide your face from me? Wretched and close to death from my youth, I suffer your terrors. I am desperate. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dread assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. From all sides they close in on me. You have caused friend and neighbor to shun me. My companions are in darkness. Can you hear the sorrow in this text? Can you hear the grief in this text? Can you hear the author talk about how he's in the, in the pit of despair, he's in darkness, he has sorrow, he feels like God's not listening to him? Do you hear the sorrow and despair in these words? I don't know about you, but the last couple of weeks, I have felt an abnormal amount of sadness in my life. I mentioned last week that I uh, started crying as I saw Mufasa die. But it's happened so many other times, not just then. There's been days when I wake up and I look at my wife, Susie, and I say, Susie, I just feel sad today. And, and the question she asks me every time is why, and I, and I never have an answer. I just, I just feel sad at times. There's days when I just feel like sitting in my room and crying Through these last couple months, there have been days when I just feel sorrow and sadness. And so as I was preparing my sermon for tonight, one of the thoughts that I had was, this is going to be an easy sermon, because I have so many examples of sorrow. I have so many examples of how I've broken down or wanted to break down. I, I was ready to share my story with you. And then last week on Friday... I was looking through Instagram and I saw a blog that a friend of mine posted on her Instagram story. I want you to take a listen to her story and then I'll explain some more about it. 
Hello everybody, my name is Rosdani Ortiz and I want to share with you something that I just experienced recently this last Friday. Last Friday was the day. Was the day where didn't go as I planned. Was the day that I felt all the emotions from over two months of isolation exploded. It was the day where I got to cry uncontrollably. And you may ask, why? Well, because what we're living right now is tough. The situation where we're living in, in isolation, hearing all the deaths around us, around the world, is hard. Not being with the people that you love, not being in the places that people needed you to be. Enjoy a day, a day like we used to before because you may experience loneliness. I was feeling all of this last Friday and I just let it go. And I was not sure to share this in my blog, but I needed to because it's a reality that not only me, but other people are experiencing. It's something that we are living right now. But I want you to know this. It is okay to cry. It is okay to grieve for things that are not gonna happen. But even though through these tough times, know that God's love is here and now. I have seen God's love through my family, my friends. I have seen God's love through the positive messages that I, I have to, I read this weekend through sharing this experience with others. Right now, I'm showing God's love sharing this experience with you. And I want to finish saying this to you. It is okay to cry. Know this, that you're not alone. I am with you, and we are together in this, even when we are apart. God bless you. So as I was scrolling through Instagram the other day, I saw a picture of Rose Dani, and, and, and she just... You know how you look when you've been crying for a while and you just your eyes are kind of puffy and um, you just can tell you know, there's like your soul just looks tired. I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw a picture of her that looked like that and, and I knew that that's not what she normally looks like. Every time I've seen her, she has a big smile on her face and she's full of joy and excitement. And so I stopped and I read her, her blog and, and she talked about just this, about how uh, she just needed to break down and cry and how it's okay to cry. And I'm going to be honest with you, as I read through her uh, blog, I, I felt so much comfort. I, I felt so much comfort because I knew in that moment that even though she's in Texas and I'm here, I knew in that moment that I wasn't alone in my sorrow. I knew in that moment that I wasn't the only one in this world who felt sad in the midst of everything we were facing. In that moment, I was reminded that maybe sadness is a normal reaction in the midst of an abnormal situation. I felt solidarity as I read through that post. 
I think that's why Psalm 88 is so powerful. Because we can relate to it. And we can be reminded that we are not alone. That we're not the only ones who grieve and are sad. But I want to unpack this psalm a little bit more because I think it can relate to us even more than we realize. See, in the book of Psalms, there are 150 psalms. There's 150 uh, songs that were sung by the early church, by the, the people of God. And these psalms, they were, they were meant to give us direction as to uh, instruction as to who God is and, and what the people were supposed to do. And, and there are 42 out of these 150 psalms, there's 42 of them that are called Psalms of Lament. And the Psalms of Lament are the ones that explore this idea of sadness and sorrow and grief. The Psalms of Lament usually begin by telling us how, how difficult and how dark people's lives have been, how much they have lost, how, how much they're grieving. The Psalms of Lament invite us into other people's sadness and sorrow. But for the most part, for the most part, Psalms of Lament have this pattern that begin in sadness and end in hope. Most Psalms begin with sadness and end with something like, but God will get us through this. But God is greater than this. But this is no match for God. Psalms of lament follow this pattern of acknowledging grief and sorrow and sadness, but end with hope. All of them except this one psalm. 150 psalms, 42 of them are of lament, but this one psalm, Psalm 88, doesn't follow that pattern. We just read all of Psalm 88, and there is no hope. There is no but God. There is no we're going to make it through this. This psalm just lets us sit there in the sorrow, in the grief, in the mourning. Psalm 88 reminds us that it's okay to sit in sadness, that it's okay to be grieving, Psalm 88 reminds us that in the midst of what we are going through right now, in the midst of this global pandemic, we've all had to say uh, goodbye to some of our plans and some of our goals. We've all had to cancel maybe a, a vacation or, or maybe uh, changing jobs or, or whatever it may be. All of us have lost something. And in that loss, there is grief and there is sorrow and there is sadness. And if you're not ready to move forward yet, if you're not ready to say, but God will get me through this, if you're not ready to say it's going to be okay, if you just need to sit in that sorrow, it's okay. It's okay to sit in that sorrow and sadness and grief. Even the Psalms do that. Now, I'll be honest with you. One of the reasons why I struggle to do that, one of the reasons why I struggle so much to stay in that sadness is because I feel like I need to catch up with God. Like somehow, because God knows the, uh, the future and how things are going to turn out, that somehow God isn't present with me in my sadness and my sorrow and my grief. But, but I love verse 1 of Psalm 88. The psalmist says, I cry out in your presence. Beloved, if you're grieving, if you're sad, if there's sorrow that you're still having, trying to process through and, and, and journey through, Rest assured that even when you cry out, you are still in the presence of God. I have had days this week when I've just sat on my kitchen table 
and I've cried. I've had days this week where I've told God, God, I I know that in the end things are going to be okay, but for now, I don't know when that time will be. I don't know when Mid-City Church is going to launch. I don't know when my wife and I will get to take a vacation. I don't know when things are going to go back to normal. I don't know the future. I know it's in God's hands, but I don't know it. And so, God, for now, I need to grieve. And just as the psalmist says in that verse, as we cry out, God is right there with us. So I want to give you permission to grieve as long as you need to, to cry as much as you want to. We are living through an abnormal situation. And grief and sorrow and sadness, it's a very normal response to what we're living through. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, I just give you thanks. I give you thanks because you are a God who never abandons us or leaves us, God. You're a God who allows us to sit in sorrow and sadness, and it's okay. God, you're not forcing us out of sadness. You're not forcing us through sadness. You, you know the end, and you remind us of the end, but if we need to slow down and live in this for a bit, God, you sit and you slow down with us. So God, fill us with that assurance today. If we are grieving, may we grieve. May we be sad. May we be willing to live through this emotion. God, we give you thanks. And we pray this in your most precious and most glorious name. And all God's people said, amen.